This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is The World in 10 on Thursday the 9th of February. I'm Toby Gillis. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Coming up, Ukrainian President Zelensky's Jets for Freedom campaign garners support. I will be leaving the parliament today thanking all of you in advance for powerful English planes. And it's getting more difficult to find survivors of deadly earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. We are in real danger of seeing a secondary disaster which may cause harm to more people than the initial disaster. The Times of London. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has piled the pressure onto Western allies for more military support as he makes a whistle-stop tour of some of Europe's capitals. On just his second trip abroad since his country was invaded by Russia almost a year ago, he began with an astonishing speech in London's Westminster Hall, where members from all sides of the political divide stood in awe at his oratory, even as he made some big demands. I trust this symbol will help us for our next coalition. Coalition of the planes, and I appeal to you and the world with simple and yet most important words. Combat aircrafts for Ukraine, wings for freedom. Having received weaponry and more recently tanks from the US and Europe, Zelensky has turned his attention to planes. He vowed that freedom will win, but warned that without planes it would be a longer harder fight. Francis Tusser is the editor of Defence Analysis and an experienced defence journalist who told the Times of London's radio station Times Radio Zelensky would have been aware his demands would be heeded beyond the shores of the UK. The number of what you would call a spare typhoon is very, very limited unless we literally deplete the frontline strength of the RAF. The Americans could easily rustle up 50, 60, 80 F-16s, because they're, they're starting to retire those. Um, and I think it would be far uh, quicker to get those into Ukrainian service. And again, the Americans have got stocks of spare parts in a way that just the UK doesn't. After leaving Britain, Zelensky took to France, where he met President Emmanuel Macron, accepting the country's highest award, the Legion of Honour. The Ukrainian president insisted it was too much only for him, dedicating the decoration to all the people of his country. On Thursday, at the time of recording, he was due to speak at a European Union summit in Brussels, 
where among the topics he'll address, the speeding up of Ukraine joining the Union. But planes will remain the key topic, and Yuri Sek, an advisor to Ukraine's defence minister, told us it's a matter of time before it happens, because the alternative, no planes, is not an option. Our allies understand very well what is at stake, that this war needs to be ended in Ukraine. This enemy must be stopped here and not allowed to advance further west. So this is why, you know, we are confident that we will get these fighter jets. That urgency is seen ever more on the ground in Ukraine, where Russia has increased its attacks on defences in a key part of Luhansk in the east of the country, with a local governor insisting they won't be able to hold out without more weaponry and ammunition. Three days after deadly earthquakes struck Turkey and Syria, there are fears many survivors yet to be rescued could lose their lives. At the time of recording, over 15,800 people were confirmed to have died, a figure that's rising hourly. Search teams are continuing their work. But optimism for more rescues like these is getting lower. Robert Holden's from the World Health Organization and explains why. We've got a lot of people who have survived now out in the open in worsening and horrific conditions. We've got major disruption to basic water supplies. We've got major disruption to electricity supplies, communication supplies, the basics of life. We are in real danger of seeing a secondary disaster which may cause harm to more people than the initial disaster. Rescuers are struggling to find survivors. The White Helmets are a Syrian civil defence group who formed during the civil war and say they're facing great difficulties. Ishmael's a volunteer with the group and told Times Radio the scale of the destruction is different to anything he's dealt with before. Imagine yourself with that standing uh, and seeing uh, many uh, the collapsed buildings, and there are fathers and mothers uh, asking for their family members, saying too that my daughter in that corner, my mother in that house, it's uh, my father. It should be here under this. And you, you, you look, you look uh, mountain, mountain of problem. The dangerous situations being compounded by delays to search teams' arrival because of bureaucracy. UK volunteers have told the Times of London about how they've been held up in a queue of organisations waiting to go. They don't want to disrupt rescue efforts by going without coordinating with the government first. On the way, was the shooting down of a plane in 2014 the start of Putin's assault on Ukraine and Madonna's face makes headlines? Misogyny or marketing? The Times of London. Nine years after the tragedy, international investigators have revealed a belief that Russian President Putin may be linked to the shooting down of Malaysia Airlines flight MH17. All 298 people on board the flight from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur were killed when the plane was hit by a missile as it flew over eastern Ukraine. It's thought Russian separatists targeted it, thinking it was a Ukrainian military aircraft. Prosecutors say there's evidence Putin provided their heavy weaponry, though there's no suggestion he ordered the attack. The conclusions follow a court ruling from last year which found two Russians and a Ukrainian guilty of murder in absentia. Moscow's denied any involvement in the incident and called those verdicts scandalous and politically motivated. Concerns about Chinese surveillance in Western nations continue, with Australia's government ordering checks on all Chinese-made cameras in its offices. It's not the first country to do so. Britain stopped installing cameras made in China back in November, and some US states have banned products from several Chinese tech companies because of security worries. 
Australia's opposition says almost a thousand cameras from Chinese firms were installed across more than 250 government offices and are calling for a plan to remove them. The companies involved say it's categorically false to represent them as a national security threat. And this comes after the U.S. accused China of using a 200-foot-tall surveillance balloon to spy on them. It shot down the object over the weekend, but their Secretary of State says he doesn't think the U.S. is the only country being targeted in this way by China. The Times of London. Now to a major development in Formula One, which could have political ramifications. Here's John Jackson. The president of Formula One's governing body, the FIA, Mohammed Ben Suleim, has announced he's to step back from direct involvement with the sport. He's faced a number of controversies since taking over the role in December 2021, with the recent row over political statements and freedom of speech by drivers still ongoing. Formula One lawyers contacted Ben Suleim in January after he made what they deemed to be unacceptable remarks about a rumored bid for the championship from the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. The FIA has no remit over commercial operations within Formula One. Ben Suleim contacted all 10 F1 teams on Monday, explaining that he'd be moving away from being hands-on with the sport, with Nicolas Tombazis taking over the FIA's duty as F1's regulator. Madonna has slammed the ageism and misogyny that permeates the world we live in, after comments online in the wake of her appearance at the Grammys focused on her looks rather than her actions. The legendary 64-year-old singer introduced Kim Petras and Sam Smith's performance, calling the first ever trans woman to perform at the awards a history-making moment. But comments about her face, which she says came via distorted long-lens photos, have been used to, in her words, degrade her. Alice Hart Davis is a beauty journalist who spoke to Times Radio, insisting it's rare Madonna doesn't think about her public image in advance. If she wanted to look natural and subtle, she wouldn't be looking like this. If you look closely, it looks like it's been completely inflated from the inside. But all those lovely features are still there. You know, the lips, beautifully shaped eyes. You know, the eyebrows have completely changed. But this is how she wants to present, and I think we have to ask why that is because it's not by accident. This is how she wants to show us. And finally, how much would you pay for、um, a card with a photo of your idol on it? The most expensive estimate for an item we have in the auction is three million plus, and that actually is for a, a near mint condition, 1916 Babe Ruth rookie card. The condition of this card is just incredible, and we're expecting that to sell for several million. That's Chris Ivy from New York's Heritage Auctions, and yep, you did hear right, just the three million dollar estimate for. Essentially, a photo of baseball legend Babe Ruth. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly thirty years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for ten percent off your first order site-wide. That'd be a record, obviously. In all, the auction of 1,400 sporting lots, which is due to close at the end of February, is expected to smash all sorts of records. If three million plus for a baseball card is a bit steep for you, how about a 1948 Yankees jersey worn by Joe DiMaggio? Estimate over eight hundred thousand dollars. And that's the world in millions. I mean, ten. 
for Thursday the 9th of February. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.